the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, friends. Happy, happy Tuesday. Thank you for being here. Mike Opelka and Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I... I am very happy to be here today, very appreciative of the fact that I'm here today, and I'm happy you are here as well. Uh, I, I have a gripe to share with you, and we may get into it later today. It involves a certain ride company whose name rhymes, rhymes with Gruber and what they did last night. I almost took what I think is the, uh, well, personally, it would have been the world's longest Uber in my personal universe, but I'm sure someone's gone farther. But we'll get into that. Anyway, it's Tuesday. And uh, guess what? Scaramucci's still fired, still fired. (laughs) You know, yesterday, as we were in the last 35 or 40 minutes of the show, a show I was saying, nothing's happening. Nothing's going on. It's kind of a boring Monday. Uh, General Kelly's getting settled in as the chief of staff at the White House. And boom, L.A. gets the Olympics. Mooch gets the boot. And all hell breaks loose. So at least we got the last half hour of it, which I think was wonderful and fun. And I, I hope you appreciated it. And I hope you followed through with, uh, with Chris after, the sh- after my show with the Liberty Love and Latino. And, and then I'm sure all the other speculation that's been going on all day. But I cannot believe that it is still consuming the news today. It truly is. I- I'll bet you the story is going to last longer than his tenure. And there's so much more to talk about. There's so many other newsworthy things. But I do want to try and get to some of the... Some of the comedy that came out of the out of the Mooch story. And yes, today we're going to take on some significant topics. I I feel it's incumbent upon me to get into uh, some serious topics today. And I I, I teased the fact online and on the, the promo in Glenn Beck's show that uh, we're going to talk about a serious topic that might render me or have me called un-American. Seriously. And, and we'll get to it. At the, at the bottom of the hour, there's going to be a, a serious discussion with a former NFL player about, about whether or not it's time for the NFL to go. And, and we'll get into that. But first, I have to get into what I thought was one of the greatest things about the changes in the White House is not the fact that uh, there's turmoil, because turmoil is, I think, okay. It forces people to show their hand. We get to see how people are as they perform under stress. You see the real person in battlefield conditions. You see the real individual come forward. They break through whatever veneer they have put on themselves. And, uh, you know, the, this, this story doesn't quite go all the way up to the president, but we assume that the president okayed it because General Kelly, I believe, was the guy behind this. I said this from the beginning when we first heard that, that the mooch was out. I said, I think this is Kelly. 
making sure that everything goes through him, reorganizing. This is not, this is not a, a loose cannon you can have running around the White House when you have a military guy at the head of it. So I feel good about what we said yesterday, and I, I think we're, we're being uh, borne out by what you're hearing today. Now, of course, when, when, when Steve uh, or when uh, Anthony Minucci was uh, given, uh, Scaramucci was given the Minucci. I just put Steve Minuchin and, and Anthony Scaramucci into one person. Lack of sleep, sorry. But uh, Anthony Scaramucci was given the boot when the Mooch was sent home and literally walked out of the building, which I think is significant. We talked about that briefly. Um, when he was sent out, it triggered a comedy avalanche and all the late night shows and the one guy who has made more more uh, success out of the out of the Donald Trump presidency and mocking it is Stephen Colbert now Colbert and I disagree I'm, I'm happy that Donald Trump is the president and Colbert really should be happy because it has feathered his nest to the tune of expanded ratings before Donald Trump was elected president Stephen Colbert was almost out of the late night business. It was almost like, well, we tried Colbert. He was not going to ever live up to David Letterman. Let's get somebody else. And then Donald Trump happened. And it became the perfect foil for Colbert. So when last night happened, Scaramucci's dismissal became became schadenfreude for Stephen Colbert. And those of you that don't know what that is, that is the... The pleasure people take at the misfortune of others. Schadenfreude. Thank you, Germany. And so last night, Colbert came out and he did a very lengthy, a very lengthy uh, monologue about it. I'm just going to give you a couple of the highlights. This was Stephen Colbert and his Scaramucci Schadenfreude from last night's monologue. The Mooch lasted as communications director for only 10 days. <laughs> Ten, that's not even a whole pay period. His going away party can serve what's left of his welcome cake. They can change congratulations to congratulator. But you know what they say, out with the old, in with the new, out with the new. I don't care who you are, that's funny stuff. They can serve what's left of his welcome cake as his farewell cake. Congratulator, he continued, and it got better. I guess it's time to say goodbye. Anthony Scaramucci, <laughs> we hardly knew Chi. We hardly knew Chi, and then Colbert did what I thought was the, uh, the cherry on top of his comedic monologue last night. He used the, the frequent reference to Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody and the farewell of Anthony Scaramucci to channel his inner mooch and give us a little bit of a musical entertainment. I just got canned, barely got to the White House, said some dumb stuff, now I'm out. Mama, my job had just begun, and now I've gone and 
He continues, I have to tell you, I have great respect for the comedy writers. And you know that Saturday Night Live is kicking themselves for not being around at this time of year because the the removal, dismissal of of Sean Spicer, followed by Reince Priebus, followed by Scaramucci here. <laughs> it would have been comedy gold for SNL. And as... As that guy over at CNN said, SNL didn't even have a chance to cast Scaramucci, and he's gone. Ten days. But uh, a tip of the comedy hat to Stephen Colbert. If you can't find that funny, then I don't think you're being honest. I really don't think you're being honest. It's, it's one of those things that we have to say, you know what? Every now and then we have to understand that both sides poke fun at each other. Both sides have a little bit of laughter at the expense of the other side. And if you can't do it, then you're just not being truthful. Seriously. So good for you. Good for you. Let's see. Coming up today. Oh, by the way, a little calendar alert. Uh, I have a feeling Friday show is going to be very interesting. Friday show is going to be very interesting for a couple of reasons. We have the the writer of Sharknado 5 joining us on Saturday, on Friday, and uh, he'll be talking about the weekend's premiere of Sharknado 5. So we'll get an inside scoop on that, and why wouldn't you want to hear about that? But also, Auntie Max, Maxine Waters, no, Maxine Waters has not agreed to come on this show. Maxine Waters will never agree to come on this show unless someone tells her, it's my last day. But Maxine Waters is going to be joining the ladies on The View. And I, I, I can only imagine they have gone all in on supporting. Uh, well, let's see. They've gone most in on supporting Maxine Waters. I don't think Jedediah Bila has taken the Kool-Aid yet on Maxine Waters. But the California congresswoman who is uh, now actually honestly trying to tell people she's considering running for president if someone if the millennials would tell her they wanted her maxine waters would consider a run for the white house are, are you kidding me that would be a greater gift to comedy for those of us on the right than scaramucci was for the people on the left i please god if if I deserve anything in terms of good stuff this year to happen to me, please allow Maxine Waters to continue chasing whatever crazy dream she has caused by whatever senior medication she's taking and let her run for president. Please let Maxine Waters run for president. It would be the greatest gift you could do for us, God. And it would be fabulous. But Friday on The View... Maxine Waters joins the ladies plus and that's just before this show in the East Coast. So we'll be able to grab whatever stupidity happens on that show and share it with you. I'm looking forward to it. It's it's Thursday's going to be like Christmas Eve around here. So Friday cannot come too quickly. So Maxine Waters Day on Friday. It's Sharknado Day on Friday's show. And when we get back, uh, we'll do a little seriosity here. We'll do some serious stuff because some real serious stuff happened at the White House yesterday. And then at the bottom of the hour, we'll take on this NFL question with a former player. 
and you want to join in the conversation. The phone number, 888 This is Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a, um, a day that promises to be busy as well as uh, touching on some heavy subjects. As we're about to dive into, at the bottom of the hour, the question about the NFL and traumatic brain injuries and the latest information we've seen. And I, I think it's going to be one that you're going to want to be a part of. So um, feel free to join the conversation, 888-900-3393. The one person I haven't asked about this is Jeffy, whose son was almost in the NFL. He, he had a, a tryout and had a pretty close shot with the, with the New England Patriots. And um, I, I thought, I thought uh, it's probably a topic that Jeffy has has dealt with or considered. So with his son playing college football, being a top prospect for the NFL, and I think but for an injury, he would have been there. That's a subject he's probably addressed. And so maybe maybe we'll be able to get Jeffy to weigh in on this. I know he's doing 100 million things every day, all day. So a, a topic that I think is hits close to home for many people. Yesterday, speaking of hitting close to home, yesterday was a special day at the White House as President Trump paid tribute to Army veteran uh, James McLuhan, James C. McLuhan, for his service to this nation during the Vietnam War. And as I was talking about this earlier, I said uh, James McLuhan won the Medal of Honor, and you don't win the Medal of Honor. You are awarded the Medal of Honor. So thank you, um, unnamed person who corrected me in our conversation. I appreciate, I appreciate getting it right, and I think that's that's uh, critical. So yesterday, as all of all of the other drama around the changes in the White House were happening and unfolding, President Trump gathered with a, a few members of the military who are still with us, who are Medal of Honor winners, and. Uh, he, he paid tribute to James C. McLuhan. We award our nation's highest military honor to Specialist 5, James C. McLuhan. The president went on to say that McLuhan has earned his place among legends. McLuhan from Michigan was a medic. Talk about a tough gig serving in the military, a, maggot, a medic in the field, in battle, in combat. He was credited with saving the lives of um, soldiers, uh, many soldiers, after being wounded himself. McLuhan, while he was injured, risked his life no less than nine times after he was hit with shrapnel from an RPG, a rocket-propelled grenade. The president talked about McLuhan literally crawling through a rice paddy to help fellow soldiers, and he would not be deterred. 
nor did it stop him from answering the plea of another wounded comrade and carrying him to safety atop his own badly injured body. How many people do we know that are capable of doing the things that these heroes do? How many people do we know who would volunteer to put themselves on the line like this? James McLuhan fought in a war that was so wildly unpopular it changed this nation forever. James McLuhan fought for this nation and fought in that war in Vietnam and and earned every single bit of honor that he gets from that Medal of Honor. James McLuhan, honored by the president, as the president talked about how he risked his life no fewer, no less than nine times. As he cared for two soldiers, shrapnel from a rocket-propelled grenade slashed open the back of Jim's body from head to foot. Imagine that. Imagine that metal, hot metal exploding and ripping through your back from the, from the top of your head to your feet. And you're just trying to do your job. You're trying to help, help the guys, your comrades, who are, who are lying in the same rice paddy, struggling to stay alive. James McLuhan, I wonder why it took this long to get this award to this hero. He crawled through a rice paddy thick with bullets all over the place. As soldiers watched him, they were sure that was the last time they would see Doc. Unbelievable, right? Doc, as McLuhan was known. A true American hero. It's stuff like this that, that makes me wish that the president would realize that's the tone I would love to hear from him every single day. I know he's got to be blunt and up front and, and go straight at some of the people he considers to be uh, fighting against him. But I just wish that that same tone, that same presidential nature could invade and infect Donald J. Trump throughout all of his administration. And I think that would create a very, very different tone. I also think it would make the media respect the man a bit more. Because I think the media would change its attitude towards this president if he would carry himself and comport himself differently. And you might disagree. But that's okay. That's what this, this crazy country of ours is all about. I appreciated that ceremony yesterday. I, I sincerely appreciated that. I thought this was just a, a fantastic contrast and something we all needed. I just wish more people were aware of it and more people saluted heroes like this. When we get back, let's talk about football. Can we? Where do you stand? Where do you stand on the NFL? Would you let your kids play full tackle football these days? We'll talk about it with a former NFL player, a guy we've had on before, and I respect the hell out of him. Burgess Owens joins us just around the corner on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka on this uh, beautiful Tuesday up in the Northeast. I will tell you the the temperatures are tolerable, but we're we're headed to the uncomfortable part of the season, you know, the dog days of summer. And I am thankful for air conditioning every single day of my life. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll get through it. We're indoors. We're, we're working. We're not tarring roofs like some of the hardworking folks are out there. So I'm, I'm very happy and very blessed for that. I was talking about, about the, the NFL and coming back from Las Vegas from Freedom Fest I remember the the incident I experienced a few years ago when I ran into NFL great, the Kansas Comet, Gale Sayers, a guy who played for the Chicago Bears, who was somebody that I idolized as a young guy. I could have never run a, a tenth as fast as Gale Sayers, but it was great to watch him. And when I went to get an autographed picture at this memorabilia store where Sayers was making an appearance, I discovered the sad reality that that he can't write his own name, really. It took five efforts. Five pictures were ruined because he couldn't spell his own name. It took him a while, and it was heartbreaking. And then since that time, we've seen different studies that show that there are some links between NFL players and and uh, traumatic brain injury, CTE as it's, as it's known by the abbreviated form, the NFL head trauma story. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy is the, the medical term, and I probably won't get it again correctly. And um, I want to have a discussion about this and whether or not parents would let their kids play football knowing that some of this possibility exists, especially when we see people like the, um, the um, Baltimore Ravens player who's decided to go to MIT and get his doctorate in mathematics instead of playing in the NFL. And there's a guy I respect greatly because he has been on the show twice before, uh, former NFL player, despite his career with the New York Jets. Uh, as, a, as a bear, I have to take exception to that. But Burgess Owens, an author uh, who, who I really respect for his clear thinking on, on, on politics and liberalism and turning... Uh, our, our men into wimps, weenies, and whiners, uh, is, is joining us today to talk about the subject. Welcome back, sir. I appreciate you being here on short notice. But thank you so much, and great talking with you again. I, I enjoyed our conversation before, and I look forward to this one for sure. Well, this is, this is interesting because I've noticed, um, I've noticed that, that uh, media outlets have picked up on the clarity that's available in the wisdom of Burgess Owens recently when people were talking about what happened to the NFL and its popularity over the last year, uh, that was related more to the Colin Kaepernick protests and the national anthem. And, uh, you know, I, I have a brother who stopped watching NFL football. I stopped watching pro football because of Kaepernick. And I told him I had lost some of my interest in the game because of it. But, you know, on Sundays, I always check out what the Bears are up to, and maybe it's I'm a glutton for punishment. But I understand why, why people would kind of get turned off after that. But now we're starting to hear this, um, this cry for, for making, um, maybe making the NFL be on an, uh, on an endangered species list in terms of sports. And as a guy who was there, how do you feel about this, sir? 
Well, I tell you, uh, and, and first of all, I appreciate the introductory. I, I had no idea. Gail Seals was also one of my, my heroes. Uh, he came before my time, and he was one of the first. And I'm so sorry to hear that uh, that's happened with him. But it, it is becoming a very um, um, uh, something that's, that's happening that we're seeing quite a bit now. I just lost a, one of my former teammates uh, to something that was happening to brain-related injuries. Oh, and no. and I, I think what, what, what it is is, first of all, the game itself, there's so much to learn from it. I, I'm thankful that I played the game of football, that I came through the way I did. I gained my confidence, uh, my boldness. I learned a lot about uh, facing fear. So there's a lot of, of great life lessons. I think what we're also dealing with now is now that we're becoming educated in terms of what the dangers are, we can be a little bit smarter about approaching the game. Uh, I think at the end of the day, there's going to be risk in anything we do that's be worthwhile. But that's another part of the lessons of this, this game. There is a risk factor, and we just have to figure out how to mitigate that risk at the same time, allow kids to, to go out and, and, and utilize their talents to find their self-esteem and and find a way to to uh, to voice their their their, uh, their strengths. So it is it is it's a fine line. We have to figure out how to how to make that work. You bring up a really a really important point about what sports does overall for kids, and we've we've long seen government studies showing that kids' partic- participation in sports in school keeps them out of trouble in other areas. But you brought up the really key point. If you if you really put yourself into a team and become part of a team, you learn different things. You learn teamwork, number one, but you also learn, as you said, confidence. Because if you're playing a role on that team, you have to be confident in yourself and your ability to execute that job that you're assigned as part of that team and help the team stay together. So that's one of those things that I, I think we don't talk about enough with kids in sports. So that's a great thing to bring up. Yeah. But, there's a couple things. There's a couple yeah. things, and, and one is you're now talking to someone who was extremely shy when I came out of high school, and uh, my shyness was I didn't want to be I didn't want to become a leader, but I didn't see myself as being a spokesman. So I just worked harder to do the things on the field to to earn the respect. And through that process, I learned a lot about myself. I gained some confidence, and here we are talking now, and I'm able to speak in front of people that I never would have done if not been for that for the for the game of sports. So there, there's a lot, and there's another facet that. Unfortunately, our young quarterback did not learn. The game of sports is all about, and the game of winning is about, all about harmony. At the end of the day, no matter what area you're involved, what area of, of work you're involved with, if you don't have a harmonious environment, there's not going to be a, a happy, moving forward environment. When you look at a young man like Kaepernick, who got a, had very selfish-centered uh, agenda, and, and a, not a very smart way of approaching his game. When he looks down the, the sideline, he sees this diverse group of, of players with all education, all um, religions and, and, and colors. He should have understood that at the end of the day, that is what is represented by that flag and not his agenda to get somebody elected. So there's another part of that that's, that we need to learn through this process. That is, anything you do, you need to figure out how to bring a harmonious environment into that situation. If you do not do that, you're going to lose. No matter what, what what game you're playing, what what, uh, what job you're in, and uh, and that that's the lesson that came out of for me out of the game of football about teamwork. Well, I, I love hearing that. I, I absolutely love hearing that 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 message of you're you're not the the only in this situation. The game is bigger than most of all of us. And Burgess right. Owens is is with us today. We're talking about football. We're talking about CTE and the latest study. There were 111 brains donated to the NFL from former players, the families of former players, 
to be studied. And of those 111 donated, they found varying degrees of injury to the brain from repetitive concussive strikes, you know, head-to-head combat, et cetera, whatever it was. And you, we already discount a little bit that it was almost 100% because I don't think you'd donate a brain if you, yeah. if you didn't think there was a problem. So we, we kind of knew the stats would be high. But some of the head trauma numbers from legitimate studies, Burgess, have shown as, me, as much as 40% of former NFL players are experiencing issues. And you yeah. played you played at least ten years, correct? Have you yeah, had any correct. problems? No, I haven't. And I, I'm fortunate, though. And I, I look back on this and I think about the guys who are in the trenches, those guys on the line, the linebackers, the ones that are hitting pretty much almost every single play. And that's where the issues the issues happen. And, and again, a lot of it is because we came through an era where we just were not aware. I mean, during my time, somebody comes out feeling woozy, just a little a little little snap, little thing on your nose, you go back out, and you're ready to play again. And at the end of the day, the tougher you were, the more you were available to go through the process, the more respect you had. So we now have under, come to understand that those, that's not a very smart way of approaching it. And, and they're now looking at it scientifically of what happens to the brain when you go through these, these injuries. So uh, I, I was fortunate. I was a defensive back. Um, if I got eight, eight tackles a game, I was, that was a very good game for me. Uh, so it, it was a different profession, but at, at, I mean, different uh, uh, position. But at the end of the day, I think we're smarter about how we're approaching it. I, I just still would have no problems as long as I knew that my son was, was being coached correctly, um, that, that the health issues were being uh, addressed correctly. I would have no problems still today having my son play football because there's so much to be gained out of that and basketball, all the other sports. There's so much to learn from it, but you're based on um, uh, where his talent might be and his interest and desire. I would still have no problem if they um, encourage him to, to play. That's, that's a, a, a great way to look at it. And I also believe, Burgess, that we are, we are capable of making cars that can travel around these racetracks at 225, 230 miles an hour, slam into a wall, and guys can walk away from it. And I'm sure there have been concussions in car racing. But I, I got to believe the technology is there for us to protect the brains of the people who are out there that that will be able to make sure that there isn't a, a head trauma delivered yes. by multiple multiple contact of you know <laughs> these 300 pound guys bouncing off each other on every play i have to believe that the technology can be there but you know i i also want people to be able to play the game reap the rewards for being superior athletes and then go on to enjoy the benefits in in their retirement and have a have a great life. But uh, you know, it's just it's something yeah. I'm worried about. Uh, but I love hearing your confidence in in the sport and the uh, the technology that can make it happen. So you you would say you'd be you'd be cool with your son playing football at, at any level. Yeah, but let me just say what what, what you just expressed in your own, your own way. You just expressed confidence in our free enterprise American. Uh, ingenuity to find answers. And at the end of the day, that is what's made us so unique. We now know there is a problem. We didn't know that 40 years ago. We know the problem. We know that and there's, there's people out there trying to, today to figure out how can I make income to make sure that our kids are safer, that the game can, continues to progress, and the NFL remains a, a, a power. So at the end of the day, I truly believe that you're right. There are people today trying to figure out how to make sure now that we know there's an issue, what is the solution, and how can we create a, an income flow based on that solution? I think there will be. 
And at the same time, we just have to be, again, very careful as parents to be aware of what the problems are, be aware of our children, the issues they're dealing with. And if, if, there, if I have a, a son that it has a propensity toward concussions, then we will go in a different direction. I didn't. I was very fortunate not to have that problem. Some kids do. So those are things that, that have to be kind of weighed as we go through the process. But I truly do believe that we'll find a solution, as you just mentioned. We, we do it with these cars. We can do it with, with, with football players running into each other. Um, from your lips to God's ears into the brains of the inventors, Burgess Owens is his name, his book, which I do think you should pick up if you haven't already. He's been on the show twice before. Liberalism or How to Turn Good Men into Whiners, Weenies, and Wimps. He is a, a guy who knows about the gridiron because he was there for a decade. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to even go back to the Jets. You guys broke my heart too many times <laughs> taking on the Bears. Sir, you are welcome here anytime. You know that. If you ever have an issue that needs to be addressed, open door anytime, Burgess. And, Buck, let me just say this. This is the way America gets it done. You have a venue. I have a voice and a message. Together we get the American people educated, and we win. So thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it, Buck. Thank you, sir. Have a great day, and uh, we'll be right back on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. By the way, our last guest, Burgess Owens. You can find out more about him, BurgessOwensTalks.com. BurgessOwensTalks.com. And he is, uh, he, he's been on here before, and I love to tease him about the, his time with the New York Jets and my Chicago Bear fandom. But he was a first-round draft pick. Of the Jets, 13th pick overall. There's a guy with some skills. And in his time as a safety, he obviously didn't spend as much time getting his head cracked as the men who play on the offensive and defensive lines. So uh, let's hope Burgess Owen stays healthy for a long time to come. He's got a lot to do and a lot to say. I have posted, I have posted online the uh, vital question of the day as it relates to this question, and I'd love to hear from you because uh, I really do think it's a topic we need to talk about. Considering the latest data from the NFL on brain injuries, would you let your child play full contact tackle football? Currently, very early voting, 56% of you say no, you wouldn't. 13% cannot decide. And uh, 31% say, yeah, of course. But it's very, very early, initial. And, and the, NFL, uh, the NFL, I'm sure, you know what, I should, have, I should have hashtagged them in this. Perhaps somebody retweets it. They will um, hashtag or add, add the at NFL reading. That's what I don't like about Twitter. You can't go back in and edit like you can on Facebook when you make a mistake. Oh, well, you can't have everything. But uh, weigh in. And if you want to voice your opinion on this, too, 888-900-3393, I don't have kids, but I have nieces and nephews. And I, I think we need to know more. and We need to make sure the helmets are good. For years and years and years, 
helmets were really not as, as strong and as impact deadening as they are now. Maybe that's the answer. When the technology's right, we move forward. Taking a break. When we get back, we'll tackle some of the other news of the day, including Pelosi. She can't be honest. Why? Come on back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.